0: Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of How to Scale a Business. And in today's episode I'm on with Lauren Duke, founder of Perfect Med. So, thank you so much Lauren for being in the show. Appreciate yes, it. Yes, thank you it. for having me. Awesome. And you have two decades of experience in the medical industry. Two decades. And Lauren here is a highly skilled professional with expertise in various areas. And when I say various, it's <laughs> like Many uh, many areas such as like surgery, center accreditation, uh, medical practice, consulting, culture transformation, loyalty program management, detailed data analysis, financial benchmarking, value creation, strategic planning, <laughs> and uh, change management, quality improvement, including like delivering white glove experiences. So yes. like what I said that that that's a lot. so it is a lot, especially when you um, list
1: it all out like that. <laughs>
0: I agree to that. So you bring wealth of knowledge and experience to any project or organization you're involved in. And over a year ago, you founded your own company, which is Perfect Med. So, uh, without being said, that means you put ton of time and effort in acquiring the skills you have right now, and establishing what you have right now. So, what inspires you?
1: I am inspired by. By people that are looking to raise the bar. Uh, I put a huge emphasis on enhancing the patient experience in everything that I do. So, um, it's really easy, especially in the medical field to just provide the basic service and kind of coast from there, um, to, to not do anything differentiating to not really, make anything easier or more enjoyable for the patient, especially if you're in, you know, primary care or some essential medical. um, and, and so I like the practices, whether they're primary care or essential medicine, whatever specialty they're in. I like the practices that have decided we want to do things better. We want to, we want our patients to enjoy coming to us and not dread having to make that appointment. And come into the office and deal with um, maybe a faulty medical questionnaire uploading process and medical history and just the you know the drudgery that can sometimes come with um, having to go to the doctor so um, yeah my favorite practices are those that already have that down and they're committed to doing doing more doing better mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. That's really amazing. And, um, can you tell me a little bit, uh, about like, uh, the, the perfect met, like how your company tick, uh, what's the main focus you have in terms of like helping your customers?
1: Yeah. So main focus is, uh, about that patient experience and just enhancing that. Um, so I work with a variety of providers and specialties, and, um, we can look at, any aspect of the business, it could be insurance billing. It could be uh, the patient experience. Once they're in the office, it could be all of the uh, digital uh, footprint and maybe even reputation management, Um, but wherever they want to kind of fine tune and tweak, striving for perfection, knowing that there's no such thing as perfection, but that being the goal to get there, that's what I'm trying to help these practices with is just um, striving for per- per- perfection so that they, you know, land in that best of space so that they're in the top of their field providing the best care for the patients that they see.
0: It, it's amazing, like, um, uh, like the sincerity where you're coming from. So with this path that you're taking, uh, what is like uh, like one, one of the things that makes the journey uh, more or better. It's like the challenges or obstacles that we face. So what's, mm-hmm. what's like the greatest challenge that you face with this path that you're taking? And like, what are like the lessons that you learn, learned or how do you overcome it?
1: I think some of the biggest obstacles, um, initially I wanted to say financial obstacles, but that's, that's really not even it. I think the biggest obstacle mm-hmm. is getting behind the idea and supporting the idea. Like, really understanding um, that these principles are important and committing to um, a greater vision and committing to a better patient experience is hard. And it takes, mm. sure it takes financial resources, but it takes time and it takes training and it takes a team of people that have that same mindset and that passion and that's hard to find. So I think that's one of the biggest obstacles. If you are in a practice and there's a few people that have that passion, then you can you can get at everyone else. But if there's just nobody on board and like trying to drag everybody along and convince them that yes, this is important, yes, this is valuable, that is a huge obstacle.
0: It's like uh, an uphill battle if you're not like Very surrounding much. yourself with these people that's um like in the same vision as you do. So um I think you're focusing more in like uh, aesthetic medical practices, right? That's right. And and how do you um help this um uh, people uh, how do you provide some can you provide some example of like strategies or technique you use to increase like uh sales? Like for example the, the facial injection, body contouring and skincare products. Sure. to that,
1: um, yeah, I I focus on first of all maximizing vendor partnerships. So mm. most of the manufacturers and suppliers in the aesthetic market are part of like an umbrella of brands. So you'll have you got your major players, and they all have some sort of implant. They've got a neuromodulator of some kind, like a your Botox, your Daxify. Uh, They've got a collection of fillers and they have some skincare products. And so they have a solution of of each of those brands because they want to keep your business in-house, right? And so if you have, if you're using some of those products, it's to your benefit to maximize and utilize everything in their portfolio Hmm. because they incentivize you based on your consumption value. So the more you the more you spend, the more you buy, the greater deals you get. So to take advantage of that and maximize that, you're saving money on your cost of goods. You're also going to be um, offered more incentives and um, sometimes discounts that you can then pass on to the patients. And then you also have access to more perks that you can give patients. You're probably the first to try out a new service or a new product that they have, like before it comes to market full scale. Um, And you eventually have a greater profitability that you carve out for yourself because of that strategy. So that's one of the first things that I do. Um, And then enhancing their, um, their brand presence and the way that they're marketing that to make sure that the message is, is equally communicated and consistent across, you know, their, their digital, um, any of their social, their, um, front office staff that when they're answering the phones Mm in-house staff, when they're communicating with patients that are in the office, all of that should have a consistent branded message. So um, those are kind of the, the first places that I start are those, those few things.
0: And I like how you actually provided uh, structure um, in answering that question. So delving more into it, I, this is more of a specific question. So what does uh, a B2B integrationist do? So this is like um, part of your, um, uh, part of Perfect Med. And how can they help like small medical practices maintain consistent branding, That's what you said, uh, satisfy yeah. patients, especially when selling to like large groups?
1: Yeah, um, so business B2B integration um, is where you've got several businesses within the same umbrella, and you're trying to make sure that you've got that consistent, Um, culture, values, mission goals, all of that is consistent across the board. So I've seen a lot lately where you've got larger, you know, corporate entities. Um, it's really common in dermatology and the dental world where smaller practices are selling to these larger groups. It's advantageous for them because they can offload the HR component They can um, be released from a lot of the financial burden and they can benefit from big corporate branding power and money. Um, And they can also plug into a dependable patient referral network. So there's lots of benefits for them to do that. But when they join that larger corporate entity, oftentimes the smaller, those practices, the newly acquired businesses have a hard time Replicating what that parent company stands for. So, uh, I like to go in and be the one who reinforces those things and introduces them. You know, these, these new practices aren't going to that parent corporation for new employee orientation and onboarding and all the things so that they really learn and experience the culture, of values, and goals and all of those things. So, a B2B integrator can go in and do that and represent the parent company. And help with that kind of onboarding and transformation to make sure that it is con- a consistent match to that parent corporate brand. Does that make sense?
0: Totally, totally. And, and uh, I believe this comes from like uh, the, the pattern that you've observed being in a space for a very, very long time. And yeah. uh, another thing, transitioning um, to the latest trends in development like mm-hmm. uh, AI, so, Uh, In my opinion, in today's business, one of the most uh, important things uh, in growing and scaling a business is like uh, AI, like learning, in my opinion, like learning AI development with no code tools or having an AI developer. So it's one of like um, the the trends or the big thing right now. But my question is, how do you keep up with this uh, latest trends in development, especially with AI around?
1: Honestly, I, I keep up with most of that, uh, starting with social media, just watching for things that are coming up, you know, keywords that I'm paying attention to. Um, also, the relationships that I have with vendors in the market, mm. um, there's, they're usually the ones that are talking about things first and just kind of hinting at what, um, you know, what maybe their development teams are working on or what they're toying with. And then I pay a lot of attention to what's happening in other countries because most of the time uh, things are last to show up in the US. So we're late adopters over here. Um, It's partly a good thing because the FDA approval process is very uh, stringent Mm -hmm. and they want to make sure that products and services are you know, marketed for what they were created and approved to accomplish. Um, but, you know, we can see things over in Europe that have been out for years and we still don't even see them over here in the US. So um, I, like to, I like to pay attention to what people are talking about in other countries so that I have a better idea of like, what's, what's coming down the pipeline, you know?
0: Mm. And totally, totally agree with that um, uh, strategy. If you put it that way, but I totally <laughs> agree with that. One. Um, aside from that, can you like elaborate on? You're talking about relationship. Um, so about like the collaborations with with the industry leaders like GLG, uh, Stacks, uh, Patient Pop, and how do these partnerships benefit your client and they contribute to the success or establishing Perfect Med?
1: Yeah. So those those companies that you just mentioned, they have uh, investors. Um, doctors are, you know, high level practitioners that come to Mm -hmm. them and they have questions about investing in or getting into certain markets, um, all different markets, but specifically for me in the medical field. So they will um, contact me for more insight, specifically in the operations uh, of those different practices and specialties and how their investors might get a better idea of evaluating that potential business or investment and um, how they perform in different markets, uh, what kind of upfront costs are they looking at, and even the variety from state to state in medical board regulations. So what type of provider can perform what type of service? Um, In the state of Texas, A physician can delegate a service to any provider that they deem um, fit and um, qualified to perform that service, as long as the physician is overseeing that and supervising that. So you'll see um, estheticians and nurses injecting, whereas in other states, you have to be a nurse or higher. To do any kind of toxin or filler injection. So there's there's a lot of differences. And those are those are big questions that investors and doctors who are considering opening up uh, a med spa or a plastic surgery practice that they they want to know what they're getting into. And so I provide just just real-time data for them to consider. And um, that can be in the form of surveys. Um, interviews or even just position papers on very specific aspects of the business. So I really enjoy it.
0: and And diving in deeper to that, uh, how do you identify um, identify a, and target patients who are likely to buy under this uh, space? So like what kind of data and industry uh, trends do you provide to investors and doctors to support their like decision making?
1: Well, thankfully, the the primary uh, suppliers that are in the aesthetic space, those vendors, have done a lot of that work for practices. So they mm. have marketing strategies and tools, ways to target the ideal patient who is a candidate for this procedure or this product. So uh, getting to getting access to the their marketing. And just just really following the guideline that they set out. I mean, they're they're pretty they're pretty on top of it because they want to make sure that their products are successful, and they have uh, they have social um, social pages for it um, that gain a lot of traction and it enhances um, just that patient perspective because they can go on and they can see before and afters. They're incentivizing patients to go on and post their own before and afters. And there's there's a lot of resources there that the vendors provide. Um, so practices just have to take advantage of that. And then once they get the patient in their practice for the consultation, then it's their job to convert them into a patient, a very happy and satisfied patient.
0: That's amazing. Again, uh, I really um, like... That uh, your the, the answer you're providing to us is pretty pretty structured. So uh, I really like that part. And I'll be asking this uh, general question. Majority I'm like asking this to every um, guest that I interview. It's pretty general. Mm-hmm. What do you think is um, your core principle? I know probably the answer to this question is already um, said already included in the answers that you provided earlier but what's like the 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 core principle that you have that allows you to establish what you have right now like personal like it's it's pretty personal
1: yeah no that's great um I would say core principle for me is be intentional you know live with intentionality I think uh our approach to everything from you know the way that we work and our personal lives, everything should be done with intention that should be left to chance. So the things that you just allow to happen and come together on their own may not be a true accurate representation of your goals or your vision um, or your mission. So I think as long as the things that you've, that you're putting out there have some intention behind them, then, you know, you know, you've thought that through, this is the best version of whatever that thing is. And this is how I want this to be received.
0: That's, that's just amazing. Uh, For it's, it's really amazing for me. Um, It somehow connects to the saying, like, uh, it's amazing how you can uh, think things or say things into existence. So just being intentional, being deliberate. So Really like that. really like that. And it's it's a pretty short conversation, but what you provided to us, uh, Lauren, is uh, super insightful. And we can consider that one uh, as a liquid gold with the experience that you have. So again, yes. it's our pleasure having you in the show. So if, uh, if anybody wants to connect with you, uh, reach out to you, partner with you, what would be the best way to do that?
1: Yeah, they can connect with me. Um, my website is perfectmedconsulting.com. I'm um, on LinkedIn, Lauren N. Duke or Perfect Med Consulting. And then of course Instagram, Med underscore consulting. I've got a lot of great content out there. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to connect.
0: Amazing, amazing. And we will be including those information in a show note of this particular episode. So you can guys, you can just check that one out in that section. So Another pour, I'm going to repeat, another pour of liquid gold that we have acquired uh, from our guest right here, Lauren. So I'm going to repeat it again. Again, it's our pleasure to have you in our show. So thank you so much, Lauren.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure.
0: Awesome. And everybody who made it this far, Thank you so much for sticking with us. If you got any value from today's episode, you would love to get a rating or a review and where you get the uh, podcast. And if there is someone in the midst of like growing their business, especially in the medical space or thinking about starting one, uh, send this episode to them. And then also uh, take one thing that you learn. Go ahead and implement and execute. We know there are a lot of um, information out there, is uh, out there. It's just about like implementing it and, and executing. So also, let us know how it goes you want to hear about your win. And above all, uh, thank you so much for being with us. Everyone, see you in the next episode. Cheers.